0: Hello and welcome to WellBytes, a Michigan Wellness Council podcast. Our mission at Michigan Wellness Council is to inspire implementation of leading workplace wellness strategies through thought leadership and education. In this podcast series, we interview people in the field to offer different perspectives and insights. I am Rita Patel, the Executive Director of Michigan Wellness Council and your host. Today I'm going to speak to Dee Eddington. He is Professor Emeritus in, school, in the School of Kinesiology at University of Michigan and the co-author of Shared Values and Shared Results, Positive Organizational Health as a Win-Win Philosophy. Welcome, Dee. How are you doing today?
1: Well, thanks, that. I'm doing fine. It's a, we've got a sunny day today. No rain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's beautiful. So um, how about we get started with you um, telling us a little bit about yourself and how you um, got into the field
1: way back when. Okay. Well, uh, I could go back to I was a math major at the Michigan State University on the swimming team, and then uh, I got a master's uh, degree in uh, Florida State when I was a coach there and taught math in a high school in Tampa as well. Then I went back and got a PhD from Michigan State and a postdoc at University of Toronto, and those two were related to uh, my interest in biochemistry. And then the postdoc was electron microscopy. I went to University of Massachusetts, and for six years I uh, worked with rats I've been working with rats since 1968. Mm-hmm. I worked with rats for another uh, 10 years, uh, exercising them and uh, studying them at different ages, and then looking at their muscle, heart muscle, and skeletal muscle, um, and for, then I came to Michigan and still had three more years with rats, and then I got involved as an academic administrator, and I was I, I, actually the first years of 25, and then um, uh, I got involved with the school of business and the executive education program, and uh, they weren't they didn't work like rats, so it was a little <laughs> different uh a little different uh, challenge so but I like that challenge and so I gave up my rat work and uh, started uh, We uh, I had my research lab uh, biochemistry electron microscopy we sold it off to school of public health and we took the space and made it a, a exercise place for uh, exercise stress testing and then uh, we did some uh, body uh, weight uh, confirmations and uh, the catch uh, pool and then uh, we got interested in that, and we actually started doing some wellness programs around the area of Ann Arbor, and Ford Motor Company was our biggest one. but then uh because there's no uh, no one doing it yet, and so when when the uh, private sector started to do wellness programs, uh, I figured that uh, we were, I didn't want to compete with the private sector, uh, being the university. So we uh, switched our uh, emphasis to uh, metrics and uh, analytics. So we uh, sort of took that as our uh, major contribution as I was figuring on then. And uh, we got into that uh, probably in um, uh, 81, 82 is when we started in in focusing on the biometrics. And that was a, a good thing. And we got involved with uh, Xerox. It's one of our first uh, clients. And we did uh, 22,000 health risk appraisals and hand-entering hand at that time, which is a big thing. And then we had to have two people entering each, each uh, HRA to make sure that there were no mistakes. So then we compared. And that was interesting for us. And, and uh, I thought that HRA would go away uh, for a couple of years, but we were one of the first ones to get it from CDC. And uh, and we trained all the people west of the Mississippi, uh, uh, people that wanted to uh, get into that, that business. And uh, it was uh, interesting because that HRA has stood the test of time and it's still going on. And uh, during the years I was at Michigan, we did over 16 million health risk appraisals. So we had a good database uh, to... Uh, to do what we really wanted uh, to do. And that work was all um, uh, put together and uh, packaged in the the book Zero Trends, Health as a Serious Economic Strategy. So we had all of our data that we put in on the first half of the book. The second half of the book, we uh, put in how we think that wellness programs could be uh, initiated with uh, senior leadership, actually um, progressive re- leadership on the uh, people that are doing it and then self-leadership and then uh, measure uh, what matters. Um, we call it, um, uh, quite, uh, what do we call it? I forget mm-hmm. what we called it. Uh, and I have to go back and look at the, the book. But that was uh, a book that uh, did well. We had, uh, so 20,000 of those books. So was, they're out there quite a somebody's Somebody yeah, I um, have but, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But after doing that book, um we figured that that, that that's good. to be <laughs> after doing the book, uh we uh, thought about some new different questions. Uh what is it that we haven't answered? So we um, immediately started thinking about another book. And uh Jennifer Pitts uh, uh heard this talk and uh, she came and, and presented to our wellness workplace like number 32 I think it was. Uh, and then um, she presented uh, what she thought about the, the uh, Zero Trends book and what we could do uh, in, in addition in uh, bringing outside uh, uh, academics into the, into the wellness field in terms of psychology, agriculture, business, uh, medicine, public health, pharmacy. Right? So we focused on that in the, in the um, uh, Zero Trends book and the zero trends book uh, uh starts out by um thinking about getting uh employee and employers uh involved early mm-hmm. and so that's, i felt like uh we were waiting uh too long we, we, we were we were getting programs uh by this time their, their providers were uh quite a few mm-hmm. At, uh mm-hmm. in the uh uh well, early 2010s uh, about Actually, a little before that, even. Uh, but uh, they were uh, bringing programs in uh, that uh, had no uh, academic uh, uh, protocols, uh, but they were all, and that's one of the problems with uh, I'll talk about it later as well with wellness. So we most of the research, if there is research, is being done by the providers, and not not as, not, not necessarily enough by uh, academic institutions which, had, which uh, should have uh, uh, fewer biases. Mm. But we, we, we thought the uh, employers uh, were involved in setting up the programs with the, the providers and then uh, uh, agreeing to do it. And the providers would come in and do their programs uh, to or, or for or with uh, the employees. And then they would evaluate it and go back and tell the employer how good they were. And I felt that the employees uh, were being left out of the business decisions and uh, on how to really do the programs and what's what's meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, we made that first part of the of the zero trend or the uh, shared values book uh, on how to get the employees and the employers involved. And one way is to what is What are the values of the employees and the employers? And then what do they want out of these programs? So that's a shared value, shared results. And then the uh, uh, third part of the uh, book is uh, uh, thinking about um, measurement uh, and uh, measure what matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really really critical uh, to people uh, establishing uh, the positive organizational health. And positive organizational health includes positive individual health. Mm -hmm. So all the programs that we've been doing in wellness were still in the Zero Trends book. I didn't talk a lot about them because we talked about them earlier and I know that people in the field are much better at that than than I am. And uh, we talked about uh, the measurement, how to do it, and then uh, we really wanted to focus on measure what matters and then communicating so that was what the uh, the books were about Mm -hmm. so that's how i got into the field and uh, what i've been doing uh, uh, during that time so it really was a matter of trading my rats in for humans and uh, and there's some trade-offs there because rats show up every day uh, so we had to uh, make sure that was the right place and it really was the right place for me yeah i was really happy and had a 40-year uh, run at that at the university.
0: So, um, uh, well, you're. I mean, from what I can tell, you're still at it. I just recently saw yeah. um, I, a webinar. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're doing one next week. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, you know, I have both the books. Um, they're actually in our. Um, they're also in our library, um, our online uh, library that we recommend yeah, to people, yeah. and I find them very relevant. And uh, so, I'm wondering. Um, it, it how do you how do you see your current role now having
1: been in the field for so long yeah well uh well uh, i don't want to sound arrogant but uh, i'm in my wisdom years now mm-hmm. and so and that means i'm old uh, but, <laughs> yeah uh, a lot of
0: experience yeah. yeah yeah
1: a lot of yeah. experience right yeah uh, i think that uh uh, I just just finished. Uh, well, I got five out of six of my uh, posts uh, published in, in the on LinkedIn and, and on our uh, on our uh, website. If you know at Eddington Associates. You'll see the there's five of them on there now.
2: Mm-hmm. And what
1: I wanted to do with that was I took a year off last year, so my sabbatical year,
2: uh, and
1: to think about uh, what uh, where is the field and uh, somewhat what I have done, but not much much more. Uh, where, where I think the field is, and where I think we've made some mistakes, and me included, and uh, where uh, we made some strengths, and uh, and where where should we go from from here? And so I'm on the sixth post. Is um, is where I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put them on the on the website. So five of them are up there now. But I think that's one of the things I think I have a little clearer view uh there for a couple of years I was doing uh, sixty presentations a year and and my I, people ask me like up in the air movie my you know, well, my my home is on two b you know or three a something like that uh' I was just traveling way too much and i uh, I took a sabbatical uh last year and and thought about these things and it's been, a, uh, it's been an interesting thing to come up with. Uh, I think there's some ideas that we'll probably could uh, talk about in the in a few next few minutes, but, uh, I think that's where I can be of help. Yeah. And then, uh, I think I still, uh, thinking about, um, doing a, um, uh, last, uh, lecture series and, uh, tours, and you know, I, mean, I have to take a whole year of uh, this year and over next year and do that if anybody is interested. But it would be uh, something that, that I could uh, do and, and talk about the the questions that you're asking, I think important questions that I think uh, many people get in the field and uh, whether they're trained at the universities or colleges or community uh, centers uh, Either way, any of those sort of work. When they come into a wellness program, the first thing they do is, uh, let's get them some programs. So we can put exercise program in and a Weight Watchers program. And, and that's the first thing they do. And I think that's something that should be done um, uh, three months after they're there,
2: because mm-hmm. you don't
1: know people yet. And uh, how can you put a program in if you don't know who the people are? Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, important uh, to get that message across and. I got some other things I'll talk about later as well. Uh, Well, maybe now actually. Yeah.
0: Well, I I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I think uh, taking the sabbatical um, is—it's just—it seems like it was um, really helpful in like the reflection and synthesis of everything that you um, have been doing over the time. And uh, um, I think the last lecture, I think, will be very. Helpful and well received. So, if anything, we can do anything to help you. Please let us know. And okay. uh, yeah, because yeah, I look at these are really big questions, even the ones that I'm going to be asking next. And uh, right. it's not yeah. about getting the right answer right now. It's more about just continuing the conversation. <laughs> and right. uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I appreciate what you're doing. So, going back to the articles that you're writing um, um, and that are on your website. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit more, like in terms of what trends you see in the near and long term that's affecting the field?
1: Okay, uh, that's a uh, pretty good thing to talk about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean it's a
0: big question, I, so you can pick uh, what you want. I, I've been,
1: yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, thinking about it, so that's it's uh, interesting uh, to me. But my, my overall uh, feeling now is. Uh, we've been measuring uh, main effects, so we do uh, intervention, and then we go right to the main effect, which is maybe a healthcare cost uh, reduction, or exercise, or stress reduction, or absent day. You know, all those those are main effects.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what I'm interested in: how does wellness work? How does it work? That if you put in an exercise program, what happens in the body? that would impact uh, lower medical costs. And I think we've been slipping over that because uh, some we may be lazy, uh, some we may not know how to, how to get to those, that path analysis, uh, structural equations. Uh, but I think that's one thing we've been missing. A lot of us, I think, we're double and triple counting. So uh-huh. one program does so much in medical reduction Another program does so much in medical reduction. Are those all independent or are they overlapping? And I think that's what's happening. And uh, I think we need to to straighten that out. Uh, If you have 30 programs and getting a set number of reductions, do we need all 30 programs or can we do it with three programs? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think we're overloading people and I, so right now I see a new book come out and all of a sudden uh, people are rushing to put that into their program and with no interest no uh, way to know is it really working
2: mm-hmm. and
1: just because it, it just because it reduces health care costs or it increases revenue for the company or people are happier was mm-hmm. that the really what happened or was that combined with something else and I got to that because when we're doing the, the risk factor analysis, we did a, a cluster analysis. And we find out there are four clusters of, of risk. There's the, uh, uh, the do-nothing, uh, that they, they, they were no risk, uh, very few risk. And then there's a, another one was a biometric cluster, and that's what's now called the metabolic syndrome. And then there's a psychological cluster. And, and risk factors are sort of in, it's not perfect, but it fall into uh, those uh, classes. And so uh, the, the first one was uh, they just do whatever they want. High risk cluster. They they drink. They they swear. They do ex- don't exercise and overweight and so forth. So they're that high risk, but uh, there's not a lot of people in that category. And the risk are spread out all along. But we get a person that's not exercising, and we treat them all the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, But I think I think some people are beyond that. But they need, if they're in the biometric cluster and, and no no exercise, they probably should be treated uh, differently than in the psychological cluster. Or they're in the low risk cluster. Maybe that's that's the only thing they're not doing. So we we need to spend more time thinking what's the right program for the right people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it may not be uh, feasible. Some people say, I don't have time to do that. Well, uh, yeah, that's maybe true. Uh, but maybe you don't have time not to do that. Uh, if you want to get people involved, uh, we, we throw uh, programs out there and you say, well, we only got 20% participation. It may be that's the only 20, there's only 20% of the population that really need that program. And mm-hmm. you got them all. But we say, "Oh, that's terrible. Well, I got twenty percent. <laughs> well, how do you know and, and so that we don't know that uh, and um so many times we don't know what we don't know Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that's has uh, driven us that some people say, Well, I got all the secrets
2: <laughs>
1: well, see, well the two that's one uh, well, the two things you know, but there's probably fifteen things you don't know so uh, it's it's tough to uh, uh live that way it seems to me but then anyway that's a big thing i'm uh, uh thinking about is uh uh how the, how the wellness programs work and mm-hmm. that's where we do path analysis I, I put that in my um one of our uh, mary, mary Mas- masik uh, i mean she's she's talked at your pro- program before i think yes
0: uh, yes your, mm-hmm. she's uh, on the board
1: and, yeah uh, yeah oh yeah oh good and uh, her dissertation did some path analysis and uh, she can show what, are, what things eventually get to absenteeism or what things actually get to presenteism. and uh, it, it's not the not the direct it's an indirect problem so you you what what you're doing may impact something else that impacts the absenteeism so it's, it's a difficult thing but we got to uh, find out more why do programs work uh, if people say, well, programs don't work, well, those people should be shot. <laughs> I mean, shot down uh, because that's a pretty naive sentence. wellness program. Now, what do they mean by wellness programs
2: Yeah. They
1: don't work? What do you mean by work? And they, they, there's no way they can say that. That's impossible to say that
2: mm-hmm.
1: because all we have to do is find one place where they do work. And we have to find a definition of what they mean.
0: Yeah. And uh, I and think you, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah.
1: No, no, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I'm really glad you brought <laughs> that up because um, uh, it's, it, 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 it um, to be thoughtful is important to bring to the forefront uh, because everything is uh, context based and it's layered. So
1: okay. um, yeah, right. yeah. so I just,
0: I, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah.
1: Uh, good. Well, uh, the uh, main effects is another uh, thing. It goes along with the why is hot is what a certain work. The main effects are the last thing you're measuring, and we've uh, tried to solve those with uh, quantitative uh, measures and quantitative statistics. Uh, people in a work site, all of the nearly all the assumptions in quantitative statistics are violated when we do that. And uh, I think we have to get, do more qualitative uh, kind of things.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think
1: qualitative would be much better suited to uh, worksite wellness uh, analysis, and that's really an important uh, uh, message. And uh, the first chapter in Shared Values talks about uh, one of the things to talk about is what is health. Uh and uh, we have a model for that, but everyone has a model for it, and none of our models are correct over time. I don't think we'll ever know, ever know what health is because every day there seems like there's something else that talks about health Uh and uh, and more and more data analysis, more and more science in there. So we never will be able to uh, figure out exactly what health is but we have to start uh, someplace, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my main effects is, uh, is really difficult to do, but I know that we think that CEOs wanna know what's the main effect on healthcare costs and they don't wanna wait three years to find the answer. So there has to be some way uh, to do it. And I think that's something I wanna try to figure out how to, how to do that in a quicker way, but still uh, accurate. as Uh much as as possible. But that's uh, that's the main issue I'm uh, working on now, that uh, all the things that does wellness work, almost everyone's using main effects. They don't reduce health care costs. Well, I mean, you know, Uh, maybe for the right people, they did. In Zero Trends, I proved that they do. It does work if you get the right people. Uh, but if you get to put the whole population together, uh, the difference is not big enough to, uh, to outweigh non-participants. So you get a you know, very low statistical significance or no statistical significance, and you shouldn't even be doing that anyway. Uh, so Anyway, that, that's something I need to, uh, I feel like I would like to uh, take on and, and uh, do some analysis of that or... Just some talking and try to get other people to do it because one person is just too slow. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we need four, five, or ten, fifteen, twenty people doing it, and then we come up with different answers. We talk together, find out why, and you know, that'll get us there in a much uh, faster, faster route. Yeah. Um,
0: you know. I feel uh, okay, I feel a call uh, up to action here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, to uh, maybe, I don't know, some sort of, like, working group or consortium to really work on this. I think it would really advance um, everybody's work if we had this conversation around the main effects and, like, what's working and how, you know?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, how is the uh, big thing. Yeah. I think um, uh, Mary's uh, work is uh, is a good uh, start on that. I don't Mm -hmm. know if she's still doing that work, but uh, that's where she got her dissertation uh, yeah, and I, I think another thing I'm worried about is um, people doing single focus. And I've talked about this before. Single focus programs. Uh, you got programs out there like resilience and purpose and mindfulness, compassion. Um, it goes on and on, and uh, they all show something. Uh, but I think they're I think they're showing the same thing. Mm. Uh, they're just repeating uh, what's out there, and I think it's really part of a cluster into a psychological cluster or mental health cluster of some kind. I don't know that, but uh, we had done some work in that earlier, and I need to go back and, and uh, look at that. The single-focus programs come out, and you get a bit, uh, good salesperson up there on the on the microphone, and uh, they say off on the podium, and all of a sudden everyone is really ready to go. How, did, how do I get trained to do this?
2: Uh-huh. And
1: uh, it, it just, there's no, uh, there's no, in fact, most of them don't have any real data. Um, some of them do. And that's, but even there, I, I think they need to show that, even if they do have the data, they need to show that it's independent from other uh, people that showing their uh, results. So okay. I, I think that's, uh, that's it. I think we're really confusing. I, well, one of the reasons we're taking advantage of, most CEOs don't know a lot about data analysis and don't know a lot about health. Uh-huh. if you look at an m b a program where a lot of them go there's no uh, courses in there you've got human resources courses, but there are no courses about health, health care costs, and so forth. Uh, maybe some of them are coming up, but I know the ones that I know uh still don't have any program uh, that's rather than a you know it's just a two hour lecture in, inside of a human resource uh, course and so uh the providers that go in and sell, uh, they can overwhelm me, because uh, they can make it sound really great. This is the best thing since sliced bread and something like that. Uh, and I think that uh, that's gonna cause us some problems uh, down the way when somebody comes up and finds out that all, we're all measuring the same thing. Because uh, all of us cannot have great healthcare cost savings. Uh, we're saving more money than we're spending Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Yeah. Why? Yeah, because we're we're counting double, triple, whatever counting. So that that's a really important uh, issue. Uh, I think another um, thing is this gift to the trend. I'm talking. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I can say that till we get down to uh, any, uh, your other questions. I know this one. I want to talk about. Yeah.
0: I yeah. um, said, so do
1: you Can have I, another I, I, trend you want to talk about right now? Or yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's right here, Sean. Uh, yeah. I think, um, one of the things I'm concerned about are the, uh, it's a move to, uh, mobile measures and, uh, uh measures of, uh, the, uh, step, number of steps you take, your heart rate, your blood pressure and, and so forth. Um, And I think people are moving to that. They seem to be selling a lot of uh, watches or whatever. Uh Um, But what I think that is—that's moving, and we're letting high tech drive us. It's the same as high tech is driving most of Americans right now. You know, if we can—if scientists, if high tech people think they can do it, then we all want to do it. Uh And we don't say, "Is it really good for us in wellness?" Is it better to have a watch that's giving you data, and it may give you some data you get all anxious about uh, because your heart rate all of a sudden went up and blood pressure went up? Or uh, should we be, are we missing the human touch? And I think we found in coaching, I think the human touch is better than responding to some computer. And uh, that, that's one thing I think almost every coaching uh, program takes now to have a human person talking to, human human person, uh, a human talking to an employee rather than some computer talking to them. Or some, um, some measure it just pops up on their, you know. How do you, do you really trust that thing? Mm. And I think some of these things have not been tested And some of them have been tested, and so uh, some are reasonably good. Some are reasonably bad at at measuring heart rate even, or uh, steps. And uh, it just, it it intrigues me about how fast we move to high tech and away from human touch. I don't think that's even good for for professional wellness, is Mm -hmm. to move away from humans. We just give everyone when you check in. We'll give them a watch. We'll give them whatever else they need, and they will see see you next year. And our computer will contact your watch and tell you how you're doing. Uh, It's just uh, it's something I don't know about, but I'm really questioning about it because I know what we found in the uh, telephone telephonic versus on-site coaches. Well, the human touch, I think, is good. Doctors know that that's, that's still not, and even even they're going to uh, remote uh, contacts, but, but they're doing it for people in the, uh, I know in Arizona or New Mexico, people live out, way out, and it, it takes them an hour or so to get to the hospital or two hours, and there's no one around. Uh, so they do resort to some of that kind uh, of medicine. Uh, but I think the... Uh, as long as we can do human touch, I think that's much more uh, uh, effective than uh, than remote. Mhm. Seems uh, intuitive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is intuitive. Uh, but uh, I think that I think we have some data to show that's true. I guess we need to prove that, and uh, that's another thing that could be done. Um, and uh, some. Work out some way to um, to think they'll um, mm-hmm. come uh, testing that I did talk to a couple of the um people with the watches and uh, tell your your steps and i and I think know that some of them feel that if they're using they're using the the um, device they call it a Fitbit or a garmin uh, Fitbit, uh, and then uh, they're using it and then they stop using it. Now, is that a dropout?
2: Uh, or
1: is that somebody that all of a sudden, hey, I've done this enough. I know my steps now. I know what it takes to get the 10,000 steps. So I don't need my watch anymore.
2: So it could
1: be a dropout or it could be a major success story. If the person has now has an intuitive way, intrinsic way, to figure out how much, how much they're missing or how much they, they need to do. So I think the people want to figure that out, too, because we shouldn't, argue against high tech because there's dropouts just say why are people not using their watch anymore whatever
0: yeah it's really understanding that why um because the story it could be completely different it could be an assistant assisting tool um that got yeah. somewhere someone into a better place and mindset more aware and right. maybe and maybe there's many reasons i mean i think there's more than two stories <laughs>
1: yeah yeah oh yes right no i think that's right but that's a, that's good that you thought about that because there are more than uh, one story and I I present it like there's one story and, and I was wrong on that. Mm. Um, that there is uh more you could wear two to one on each arm maybe around <laughs> <Yeah>. the <than> <laughs> <Run> the ankle <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of things we could, we could do um, I think we've um, moved a little too fast. Uh, towards uh, social psychology, uh, psychosocial programs.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: like resilience and mindfulness, compassion, uh, attitude, purpose. There's a lot of things that are there. Um, and I think we, uh, and I talk about this in my uh, five posts that are on the website. Uh, so I talk about all these things uh, The, uh, I think we've forgotten that uh, you know, diabetes and heart disease are still very important in America in healthcare, mm-hmm. and we're going to things that um, that may be important for diabetes and heart disease, but maybe indirect. Uh, but I think they're mainly uh, for uh, sort of white collar uh, attitude and uh, you know spending or bringing more revenue into the company and so forth, which I think is a good thing. I think we need to find a way that we can show wellness does help people be better performers.
2: Uh-huh. Um, but uh,
1: we, we can't forget about diabetes and heart disease or uh, we'll never slow down health care costs. Uh, it's really important. And those are, um, as we all know, the higher the education, the higher the salary, the fewer heart attacks are, are uh, involved with those people and diabetes. So we. me... Um, uh, We've got to be careful who our, who our customers are, who are mm-hmm. in-point in customers. Uh, and you may, you may think the um, company is a customer, but I think that's wrong. I, they are a customer, sure. But I think the uh, end user, the employee, is the real customer. And I think, um, I think companies have finally found out who are, who are their first customer, I ask them. And they say, Oh, the people that come in the door or get online and buy our products. And I say, I think you're wrong. I told this to the CEO one time and I thought I'd get kicked out of it. <laughs> uh, he agreed with me to his credit. And I said, I think your uh, frontline employee is your first customer because that's where your impression comes from. The, the customer that comes in the door, their first impression is that first line person they see that's who the company is they don't know who you are mr ceo and ceo uh, and this was a hospital and i said you haven't seen a patient in 20 years and these, these people down the front line see people every day many people mm-hmm. and that's that's where your reputation in your hospital comes in uh, to some extent it's a, a overstating the case there but uh, and i think we we need to realize that uh, the mass, mass uh, the big mass of employees are not your uh, senior leaders, your managers, or maybe even your supervisors. But they're those first level employees, and that's where the most of the healthcare cost problems are. And uh, we've been uh, doing that um, for all this time and, and, um, and not. Uh, not taking advantage of remembering that, that uh, we we still need physical activity courses, nutrition programs, stress management programs, uh, those are all still core. And uh, I didn't, uh, I made a mistake a little bit on shared values, shared results. I'm not mentioning that, uh, and in these posts I've done that same thing, but I'm, t- I'm telling people that you know more about the programs you offer than I do. I'm talking about the, the context hmm. you mentioned before. What's the context of your program is and what, what mistakes are we making in context? Uh, you, can, you need to figure out what the programs are because you know what's out there. Uh, so I think we all, we, we need all the programs, but I'm not sure we need them as single focus programs. And they say the whole, the whole world now is getting in around resilience or getting right, lying around purpose. Well, you can't do anything until you get a good purpose. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Um, I think my purpose has probably changed three or four times. And uh, maybe I'm not thinking strongly deeply enough. I do recommend on the shared values, I do recommend people go to the uh, website values in action, just type that in on your browser values in action three words
2: okay and
1: you get you get to the uh the store the place and this is uh seligman and peterson uh peterson passed away last year so, but Seligman is still around, and a lot of other people now are taking that out that's a major in, uh, intervention by itself uh, positive psychology uh, but there you there's uh, 240 questions you answer them it takes 15 20 minutes at the most and then it, it tells you the uh, 24 uh, uh, characteristics, uh, uh, character uh, issues, and what are your top ones? And it'll tell you uh, the way you answer those questions is uh, maybe uh, 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 well, it could be a lot of things. I guess uh, scholarship maybe an important one. Uh, mm-hmm. Party maybe important social. Things may be important to you as you answer the questions. That gives you an answer to your your own uh, uh, characters. It, what, what, what kind of a character are you? I mean, Trump would fail if that would need get anything come up. <laughs> that, I shouldn't throw that in there. To take, take that out. Uh, but it's it's really as important to to know that. Uh, and then that's one type of values. Another type of values, and I talk about those in the the book and in these uh, posts. Another type of values, what are your business values? And then what are the business values for you as an employee? And what does the organization come up with? What are their values? Now, look at the two of them and what are the shared ones? They're not all going to be shared, but how do we figure out what the shared ones are? And then we, we agree that that's what we're going to focus on. What are the shared values? And then we do the same thing in results. What what results do you want out of this program? And what results does the employer want? And then look at the comparison. And there are gonna be some similarities and differences, but what are the similarities? And then you can agree on having a shared vision because we know now we wanna help people with these values and we know now what kind of results we wanna get. So you can start out with that. And I I think that's the first thing that people should be doing you in know, a, in a, starting up a wellness program and rather than bringing in physical activity, physical activity is not bad, because almost everybody needs something like that.
2: So if you're
1: going to bring in something that's probably okay to do that. And nutrition, uh, both of those are probably uh, the top of the list of I think, uh, wellness programs, you know, offering uh, mm-hmm. these programs, especially early, early on. And it, you don't want to stop doing that. That's really critical.
0: But it's like what you said, it's like uh, uh, fitting it into the context and really understanding that, which is where the values yes. come in and the results.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's something I think about all the time, especially when we present um, different case studies, not present, yeah. but we bring in um, different employers, right. and we hear often yeah. say that, oh, well, they can do that because of X, Y, and Z, yeah. uh-huh. um, and I think the next thing after that is, well, what do we have, and how would we do things based on our X, Y, and Zs, you know?
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard that many times. Small businesses, when we're really getting started, small businesses say, well, I can't do what Xerox and PepsiCo and AT&T and all these people are doing. They're big companies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I said, that's the lamest excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> have, you, have you looked around in your community? You've got the YMCA. You have uh, activity programs going on all the time. You can look around your community and get all kinds of help. Uh-huh. And, in fact, that's probably better than in something was in, imported from PepsiCo did uh-huh. use your local resources. And uh, it's, uh, I, think that, I think this is really a small business business wellness. Uh-huh. I mean, you can really work on it. And, I think, in fact, I think even the large companies should be thinking small business because I've asked employees, how many people do you talk to every day? And how many do you think it is? Well, five to ten, most. That's all they talk to. So that's their, that's their climate, that's their population. So if we knew how to work with 10 people, we could work with a 10,000 10, people company, just break them down by 10s.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that's it, easy to say, tougher, it would've maybe tougher to do, but you could just get a group of people. This group of people you talk to every day, let's, let's act as a group, let's talk about this as a, between ourselves we don't need some wellness person in here talking. we know enough. I hope not that's not the case, but you know that we know enough to talk, to talk about things that matter to us, because most of the time those people are pretty much like you. you know you, you are the people you talk to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we know that, that that's, a, that's the climate, that's the social network that they have. So small businesses uh, really are the best place to start, I think I think anyone that has been successful working with small businesses could go into a large business and make it work. Could use the same tools, same mindset, uh, but don't get overwhelmed by a number of people.
2: Mm-hmm. Break
1: it down into ten or twenty or whatever the number is. Okay, a, um, yeah, <laughs> you get it on my hot spots here. Uh,
0: <laughs> but I think it's a really good point because we all, I think where people's minds usually go is. Um, uh a quantity of resources and it's not so much about that um and maybe the ideal place is that you know starting small and we can all do that you know
1: so. right yep yeah right yeah and, and the small when you have the small businesses come talk to you in your conference i think that's where people should be listening
2: They should yeah. should be
1: listening you know speaker mm-hmm. uh, they can i mean do, do that's not bad <laughs> yeah. at all but the small business person it really has some interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Because you can learn from that. If when you go back on Monday, what are you going to do on Monday?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you're going to do this. And I I had, um, I was in uh, university for so long. I had so many people, 34 people working in my lab. And I'd send them off to two conferences a year. And they would come back and say, hey, here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. And we'd all clap and they just like this. Weight Watchers clan, yay, 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 And then sit down and feel good about themselves. Finally, I figured out that's not enough. So I said, what did you learn? Now here, oh, don't sit down. And here's the second question. How's it gonna change what you do? Mm. If you learn something, it doesn't change what you do. Uh, I don't quite get it. Maybe we don't need to send you there anymore. Because you're still gonna do the same things. And it's, it's like General Motors and my son works there. Till David that He was on the bankruptcy team, so he was he was, he was right in on it. But say, look, you got you got some learnings out of that uh, that stressful time, almost going bankrupt, but got bailed out. That's good. You learn something. Now, how's it going to change the way General Motors does business? How's it going to change the way they treat their employees? And and I think there is. I think they got a good uh, Mary. Uh, mm-hmm. Bara, Bar- uh, yeah. is uh, is um, good enough that I, I said David they need to fire the top 200 people because that's where all this started and you got to grow that culture again and you got to grow a different culture and I, but I think she's doing it I think that is uh, working out right but if it, if you learn something and it doesn't change what you do uh, I think it may have uh, uh, I mean, you may not know right away. So I, I understand that you may say, three weeks later, you would say, Ah, I do know how that changed my uh, behavior. But that's, that's clearly. And lot of people say? Well, I went to this thing. But what are you going to do? I sometimes I end up my talks with what are you going to do on Monday? Uh-huh. And most of the time, I don't have time to say that. But what have you learned here that you're going to change the way you do work? And I think that's really uh, critical. Thing and I know we're getting closer. One one final thing. I think. Um, I think we. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. We need new knowledge in this field and real knowledge. Uh, we got it in in the shared values, shared results. Because Jennifer brought a lot with her, but she also uh, helped me uh, and we, the two of us, went out to new places. It's psychology department. That was the easy one to go to with. Uh, uh positive psychology we went to the school of business and they have positive organizations as a really a good working group in the school business uh-huh. and we go to public health and we could go to agriculture or, or architecture i think i said agriculture before but could do that too uh because they they block all their they have a design when they plant uh, seeds but architecture and that's coming big because how do we change the environment so that people talk to each other better Mm-hmm. And go to art, and how, what kind of art in the building makes you feel better? You so you feel good by walking into it. Uh, both are uh, uh, what's the hospital new one in uh, Bloomfield Hills?
0: Oh, Henry um, Ford West Bloomfield Hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. They they fixed it out, and that's sort of the new way to divide. And when you walk in, you don't walk into the hospital. You walk into you see somebody baking food over here, and exercising over here, and others. And so that sort of, hey, because most people are anxious when they go to the hospital Mm -hmm. to check up for an operation. So you go through that first, that sort of settles you down, and then you go into the hospital. So I think that's what we did that uh, one talk I was with you there. Yes, we did. Uh, Anyway, so new knowledge uh, comes from everyone, uh, from all other fields. I think we have a habit of uh, focusing on our own field, and, and that should be the way it is. But most of the time, and it upsets me, most of the time the new things are, the, the providers have the podium, and some places they can buy the podium. And if I donate so much money, now I get to speak and mm-hmm. sell my own product. And they'll, they'll talk about something they're doing, and say it's nice, and they'll say this is something we just found, and you don't know how they found it or why they found it. But new knowledge is something we all have to uh, continue to uh, look at. All knowledge you know what all things shiny are not gold Yeah. <laughs> are about that because the the people on the podium are may really shining it up, but it may not be gold, yeah and, but th- others are out there talking something and don 't shine it up, but just sort of, and you don't you don 't take it as seriously as somebody who really shines it um, anyway uh, we've got to be better uh, customers uh, and um, take what really means a difference makes a difference for us.
0: Mhm. Um yeah, it's a really great invitation um to, you know, not be non to be non-siloed, you know, really um yeah. Yeah. uh knowledge does come from everywhere and everyone and uh it makes us all better. Um,
1: yeah. all right. Good.
0: Uh, I feel like we've well, covered just, everything I wanted to yeah. cover.
1: <laughs> well, one thing I haven't covered is uh, I think that uh You've done a, a wonderful job. I think that no one has uh, has gone anywhere near what you've done and in these years you've been leading this uh, console. And oh I think, well, thank you, know, you. Hopefully, hopefully you feel really proud of that, and uh, you can accept um, gratitude. So I'm giving you a, a gratitude, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, but you, you did a good job of uh, of uh, accepting it. And it's, you know, gratitude, uh, thankfulness. You, it's easy to tell people that, mm-hmm. but the thing that's hard is to accept it. And so you need to accept it, and you did uh, quite well. Uh, but that, that's a hard thing uh, to do. But it has to go both ways.
0: Um, I I agree, and it's it's. Um, I really appreciate you saying that because, um, <laughs> well, it's a challenge of mine, the accepting. Of oh yeah.
1: It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And,
0: and unfortunately, I don't think I'm alone in that. So um, thank you. Yeah,
1: Yeah. okay.
0: Um, right. I, uh, I just wanted to um, confirm, uh, is your website deddington.com?
1: Uh, no, it's, it's Eddington Associates.
0: Eddington Associates, that's right. Okay. Yeah,
1: you just, just use Eddington Associates.
0: Okay, so I will the- put a link to that, um, you know, okay. when I post this interview.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and uh, I, I, I wanted to say that um, um, I'm looking forward to people listening to this uh, po- uh, podcast interview because you've, you've um, peppered throughout these beautiful questions, which I think will lead um, all of us into um, uh, a deeper and richer uh, field in the service that we do. So thank you for your time.
1: Okay. okay. Well, thank you, right. yeah. Well, Thanks for inviting me. And I really enjoyed uh, this hour. Very good. Okay. All so right.
2: Thank you.